0: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Very special show today. If you're joining us on YouTube, spoilers, there's our guest. He's right there. But if you're listening to the podcast, we're going to hold it for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? We're not going to tell you right away, even though it's in the description. Hey, smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page. Make sure if you are a podcast listener that you are subscribed or following there as well. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And keep in mind, as we are about to do a draft preview with our friend Chris Peters, we are four days away from the draft lottery. That night, we'll be on live at 7 p.m. You can watch and react with us. Then at around 7.30, 7.35, we're going to sort of... Hit the reset button on the show. Start the official reaction podcast. Uh, Hoping to talk to Cam Robinson that night. And there is a pretty decent chance we're going to have a conversation with Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson. So you're not going to want to miss Monday night. uh, Everything starts at 7 p.m. So make sure you are there for that. We're waiting for Chris to connect. Looks like he had a little uh, internet issue here. So we'll get to him in a second. Um, But there's a ton to ask him. You know, the Hawks with the draft lottery coming up Monday. The worst they can pick is fifth, and I think for a lot of Hawks fans that feels like a nightmare scenario, Um, (laughs) but in a draft as loaded as this draft is, um, it may not be as fatal as it might seem. The odds right now, for the first pick, the Hawks have an 11.5% chance. Number two is 11.2. Number three is 7.8. Number four, 39.7. And number five, 29.8. Had they finished with the league's worst record, they would have had a 25% chance at number one. So there's your odds. Odd that the highest odds they have are to fall back a slot to number four.
1: Yeah, I think it's because there's, what, 12 other teams that could also jump ahead of them. So the odds of them potentially falling back are are greater because there's more opportunity for teams to jump them. But I think as we've seen in in previous years – um, the odds of a of a team really going from way back to up front uh, is is pretty low because their odds to team all the teams behind them worse to jump yeah. up so it's it's dumb math it just comes down to ping pong balls and it'll we'll finally get an answer on on Monday.
2: I just find it funny that the lowest odds scenario for them to stay right where they are at third. <laughs> right, <laughs> they've got a better chance at one or five or two or four than. Not yeah. moving at then, all. Then nothing happening that, at all. But I mean that makes <laughs> sense because that like, what are the odds that it stands pat? That like they like. I, the only low. the only way
1: they would stay at three is, is if everything goes two, chalk, yeah. or if or only if Columbus or one, so were to jump yeah. Anaheim. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. 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 But you know, it's it is what it is.
0: All right. Only a couple more days to wait. Uh, can't wait for it to be over. Me too. But he's here. Our buddy Chris Peters from Flow Hockey. He is their senior content creator. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chris m peters he is our go-to for all things prospects so chris thanks for jumping on man we appreciate you
3: hey always always a pleasure to talk to some fellow chicagoans it's good to, it's good to be here
1: absolutely how was the beef
3: <laughs> uh the beef was okay i mean it's not we don't have that kind of chicago style italian mm-hmm. beef but i was like i'm going on your podcast today so i gotta come at least halfway prepared and that's that's how i decided to do it. a great pre-game meal uh yeah. not as good as maybe let's say you know like anything from back home but that's all right.
2: Yeah. Well, desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> that's, that's right. You, we'll you know, mail you can, one in the yeah, beef sleeve. Do
3: what you can. Yeah, you, mail me you, uh, yeah, mail me beef. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I just going to
0: put some in an envelope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here you go. I don't I'll eat it.
3: I will eat it. it doesn't matter. Yeah. You are. All right.
0: Uh before we get into the uh, particular prospects, I know uh Mario had a question about kind of a General in the draft, so we'll let Mario kick things off here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to get into um, uh, for the for the draft as a whole. It's something that we've been. Focusing on and talking about for a, a long time, and we'll get into the uh, to the first round discussion in, in a little bit. But um, we did a, a mailbag segment uh, called Mailbag Monday. It's something that we we started here on this podcast. We invented it. Um, uh,
2: nobody else can use that name.
1: And and someone uh, asked us about goaltenders in this year's draft class, and and I know it's not the most stacked class for goaltenders, and the Blackhawks kind of aren't necessarily in a position that they need a goaltender, but. It's never bad to get one in in each year and see what happens. Um, one guy that I know that you've you've had eyes on for a while and um, could be available to the Blackhawks in maybe a more mid round pick is uh, U.S. goaltender Trey Augustine. Um, what about his game? Cause I've I've been paying attention to him through World Juniors, the U18s that just wrapped up, uh, and he's been pretty impressive. Um, what can you kind of tell us about about him and you know, where he might land and if he might make sense for the Blackhawks to maybe use one of those uh, mid-round picks on him.
3: Yeah, really really interesting player. I mean, in, in an interesting draft profile, he lost one game in regulation at the NTDP this year. One. Uh, 30 wins, one loss if he had two overtime losses. Um, and so that's against colleges, USHL, international competition. Um, you know, he, he basically took over the number one job at the World Junior Championship. So that's a pretty good, pretty good profile for him, right? Like he's got, he's got, he's definitely got some tools, you know, he's he's got the numbers. Uh, you like to see that. What I think makes him an interesting guy and, and possibly one of the top goalies taken. And I think there's actually this year, there's, there's a decent amount of good goalies that guys that, you know, I, we don't have that, you know, that Spencer Knight, Yaroslav Askarov, Jesper Walstead kind of guy that you're like, that's a first round draft pick. Um, but we do have a number of goalies that have, you know, probably are gonna go in the second round at the latest. And Augustine may even go that early. Um, That's the interesting thing. There's really not a lot of consensus about the order in which the goalies are gonna go in, only that the the clump of them, the best ones are in North America this year. You know, Michael Harabal, Adam Guyon, uh, Carson Bjarnason, Augustine, um, you know, a, a few others as well are the most likely to be drafted early. And so, you know, I think for for Trey Augustine in particular, what are the things that, that, that are attractive? Well, he's a very calm demeanor in the net. You know, the, his teammates, we've got a feature with him on Flow Hockey right now, where his teammates and his coaches just talked about his preparation and the maturity that he brings and the work ethic that he brings. And despite all that, that intensity and in his work ethic on the ice, it's a very calm demeanor. It's a very uh, calculating goalie good hockey sense pretty good skater good feet um you know technically sound I think that's another thing The the one thing is is you know he doesn't like we've got a guy in this draft in in Michael Rabel who's like six foot six as a goaltender or six five you know like guys that are taller and then you know Cray Augustine's about six one and so you look at various goalies and you say well UC Saros is one of the best goalies in the league and he's 5'10, you know, but he's kind of an outlier. A lot of teams are are going to hedge their bets on on smaller goalies. But I think in, in Trey Augustine's case in particular what makes him um, unique is, I think, the mentality, the maturity, um, and the approach. And he's going to go to Michigan State next year. He's going to be a starting goalie as a freshman. He's probably going to play the bulk of the games. He's going to be entering a situation very similar to the one that Drew Camesso did, where it's kind of a team on the rise that you know needs, needs good goaltending. Um, And and I don't want to lose Drew Camesso in this because, you know, I think his development is only just beginning. Um, You know, goalies can take a fair amount longer. He didn't have the best season, didn't have the best end of the season. Uh, But, you know, I think he's a real quality goaltender um, and and should be a guy that's viewed as, as a potential NHL player. But, you know, yeah, I think in general, especially in the position the Blackhawks are in, they can't afford to be shallow anywhere. They have to just continue to compile prospects, and certainly Trey Augustine is a guy that you know at least fits the profile of the kind of guys they've gotten in the past at that position.
0: I think we feel pretty good about uh, the Blackhawks' defensive prospects, and it would be a shock if the Hawks were to select a defenseman uh, with that first pick, whether it be one, two, three, four, or five. Uh, but they do have a pick around 19 or 20 uh who are some of the players who might be available there not necessarily uh defenseman only but just uh who are some of the guys that, that Hawks fans should keep an eye on in that spot
3: yeah you know it's it's very interesting because I think after you know the first four guys there's you know kind of a, a clump of eight to ten guys where you're just kind of like which range are they going to go in and then after that you know it kind of can go anywhere I think once you start getting into the to the 20s you know you're starting to kind of move down a little bit. You're not finding as many guys. But, you know, I, I think that there are, there are a number of players, you know, I think if they're looking for certain elements like, you know, so you know, like things like that. You know, Gabe Perot, who just set the NTDP record for, for points, there's a possibility he's still available in that, you know, that top 20, you know, before then. I think it's more likely now because of the way he ended his season that he slides further up. But he's a guy that just, doesn't have as much, you know, consensus love about him compared to, you know, the guys we talk a lot about—Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, even Oliver Moore to a certain extent, the other NTDP players. So, Gabe Perot had 132 points this year, um, but the thing is, and he's Yannick Perot's son, so he's got ties to the organization already. Um, but you know, on top of that. What I would say with, with him is is just he's one of the most intelligent players in the draft. I think his hockey sense is off the charts. His vision is incredible. He has some creativity, but he's you know he's a five eleven guy with average to below average skating. Um, I think it's closer to average now. He's improved quite a bit. I think some of the ed- there's some some edge work concerns, some agility concerns. Um, his straight line speed has improved. He needs to become a little bit more explosive. But that's a guy that you know. If you're lucky and you kind of have somebody, if, if enough teams are concerned about those things, that's the kind of guy that I think could get there and give you good value. Uh, but there are others, guys like Riley Height, um, who had it just came off of a, a pretty subpar under 18 Worlds, but he got there late. Um, he's a playmaker. He's a guy that has skill. He's a guy that has vision. But again, not an incredible skater. Um, you're going to hear, you know, there's, a, there's always going to be guys like that in that 19, that 15 to 25 range where it's like, they have really good offensive tools, but there's a flaw here or there, which, you know, prevents them from getting up into the into the higher discussion. So I think – but you're going to be able to find players uh, like that. I, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see. I think that's also going to be the range where we do see – more defensemen go you know will it will some of the russian defensemen go like mikhail Gulyayev or Dmitry simashev or um you know maybe the big russian forward daniel boot you know you've already made your top pick so you feel like you can take a little bit of a swing and daniel Boot is is a big body with a goal scoring ability and he might slide down the board because of all the concerns about you know drafting and signing russian players you know, so there's going to be options available to them in that range, and, and and plenty of quality players. I like the draft. I like the first round. I think there's a lot of guys there that that are exciting, um, but it's really difficult, especially you know, until we know the lottery order exactly, kind of how things. And and even then, even if we know the lottery order, we can't we can't absolutely project it perfectly. Um, so that's the other thing where you say, okay, well what's going to be really available there but i think those are some of the names where it's like hey yeah those are guys that at least have you know not enough consensus around them to say they could be available in that range
0: all right i think it's time to get into the uh, the big guns in this draft uh Connor Bedard is going to be the number 1 overall pick it is uh, it is assured there is absolutely no reason barring some sort of catastrophe it's just maybe something like the wiped out McKenzie Entwistle's family. We hope to God that doesn't happen, but uh, we'll end on that joke later, Chris. Um, he's the number one pick. What makes him the consensus number one for what seems like the last two years?
3: Well, I mean, I, I think we, we throw around the term generational a little too loosely, um, but I think in terms of what he's done this season, I mean, he had a generational season in terms of production. I mean, basically one of the best – Pre-draft seasons since Sidney Crosby um, at Rimouski, uh, you know, in terms of averaging close to two and a half points a game, um, 70 plus goals. Uh, if you include all of the other uh, competitions that he's been in, you know, even more, you know, so he's he's had one of the great ever pre-draft seasons in terms of production. But, you know, he's, he's got just an, an innate goal scoring ability, a tremendous shot, but also the, the awareness and the ability to find the, the you know the right place to place the shot. And, you know, remarkable accuracy, uh, incredible release. And then you've got his ability to change the angle of the shot. He's super deceptive with it. So he's got the mixture of deception and power that makes even NHL goaltenders a little bit nervous about him. It's what made Austin Matthews a 60-goal scorer. Um, And then you've got, you know, basically Connor Bedard doing a similar kind of thing in a smaller package. Um, The other thing that I think that makes him stand out is just his overall hockey sense and understanding of, you know, he is a dual shot pass threat. He's not always just going to shoot. He shoots a lot, but he's also so good at spotting the right play. And so that makes him even more dangerous and it makes him less predictable. And he's he's not a, a one dimensional talent where he's just a shooter or a volume shooter. I think he does a lot of things well. He's really improved his physical strength this year. His lower half is really where he's generating a lot of his power now, and he's also losing fewer battles. You know, He's still going to need to get stronger physically because he doesn't have a big frame, um, but he still needs to continue to do that just in order to play against the grind and, and certainly just to hold up against injury better. Um, you know, We haven't had too many of those concerns with him um, in recent years, so that's good. But, you know, I think that he's he's just got so many special qualities and then he's got, you know, dynamic hand skills, the 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 willingness and want to play in his own end and off the puck, but also the ability to just be in incredibly dangerous. There are there's very, very, very few players that I've ever watched where it felt like whether you, you know what, no matter where he was on the ice, no matter where he was letting the shot go from, if he had a look, it felt like it was going in. Um, and that's, that's the thing that I think really stands out about Connor Bedard is that there are f- so few players in the world and in hockey in general that is a guy where you can put him over the boards and not just think he's going to score, you almost expect him to. Hmm. And that's, that's a, that I think will continue throughout his career because of his immense goal scoring ability and, the, and how he processes the game. I think that's what's going to really ultimately send him uh, over the top.
0: Aside from his size and strength, is there anything about his game that would give a general manager pause? Like, is there anything that's going to prevent him from being a day one NHL contributor?
3: I don't think so. Um, I I think really it's – at this point it's – you know, his size – he's not the most explosive skater, but he skates fine. Like, it's not – it's not – I would never – be concerned about that. It's just like, well, that's the separate. That's the difference between him and being an Connor McDavid level producer. You know, like that's that's basically what we're talking. Because Connor McDavid plays a game faster than anybody else in the world can. Connor Bedard can't do that. What he can do is, you know, he scores just about as well as anybody else. So um, I don't see anything else. I think he competes hard. He is, uh, you know, just tremendous drive. I mean, there is there is an absolute hunger for this player to be the best. The thing that I find most fascinating about him. A lot of years, first overall picks are sheltered. they it's either their agents or it's their their team or you know they're they're they, nobody lets them near these these players. Connor Bedard has embraced every single thing, every interview, post game, or uh, you know, specialty things, signing autographs after every game. He understood how important he was to the WHL and to hockey fans in in Western Canada and he embraced that and didn't shy away from that and that is another thing that i think is just kind of the x factor about what conor bedard is the maturity that to handle that pressure in that spotlight i think he's done it as well if not better than anybody i've seen in that in that position before
1: so let's say the the odds are in the blackhawks favor ping pong balls land for them at number one is there any doubt that he is the opening night number one center for the Blackhawks, given where they're at as a franchise right now? I
3: mean, yeah. Who else do you have? You know, like really at this point. Maybe Max
1: Domi. Hey. ooh.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean like that's, that's the thing is, you know, I think the only, the only possibility that I could see just to create an easier transition for him into the into the NHL and to get his confidence up is to have him on the wing. Um, I think there's at least an argument to be made that, he might be a wing. Um, there are very few centers at his size in the NHL, um, but Jack Hughes is doing it. Braden Point is doing it. You know, it's just, are they able to do it immediately is the question. Um, and I think the other thing too, is if you're the Chicago Blackhawks, you have to make a lot of efforts. If he, if he is the guy, if you get him, you've got to make a lot of efforts in the off season to insulate him properly. You can't just let him go out there by himself. You know he's going to need some some support. There are players in the system. There are guys that you can have that are going to be part of the future. But I think if you get Connor Bedard, all of a sudden it changes the dynamic of how you have to operate your next couple of years. When Sidney Crosby first came into the league, he had Mario Lemieux. He had uh, like John LeClair was on the team. They they had older players that just you know if nothing else, they're there to provide the support the experience and different things like that so you have to have some of those stopgap guys and it might take you a little bit off your path of rebuilding a, a little bit but you you now have one sole focus and that is to make this player the best they possibly can be you know at least when kane came in kane came in he also had tapes you know there was a little bit of a kind of a shared responsibility there and then they had other players around them and and with the understanding that the Blackhawks knew, hey, we're taking a step, but this isn't the end. We got a long way to go. So you need to make sure that you're insulating the player. And that's gonna be that would be the challenge for the Blackhawks in the offseason with the cap space that they have, with the opportunities that they have. And they might make some signs. You're like, what is that all about? If it's if they get Connor Bedard, they need to make sure that there's some good veteran talent around him, even if it's not like gonna help you win, just guys that are gonna help get him to the next level because now that's your sole focus your organization.
0: Did you forget that Jared Snorty is resigned? I mean,
3: well, that helps. <laughs> that helps. I mean, like yeah. Jared, but that's the kind of like guys like and it makes guys like Seth Jones that much more important to your right. franchise. It makes those players. It makes you know. It makes having a Connor Murphy. If you say, okay, well, we'll keep Connor Murphy if he's willing to stay. You know, like the, those are the types of players where they've been around long enough and they can provide that level of support because you just don't want it to be. Connor Bedard and Lucas Reichel and all the guys that you're calling up from Rockford. It can't be that way for the first year for that player.
0: Next up uh, almost assuredly is going to be Michigan's Adam Fantilli. Is there any way that he is not the number two pick?
3: I think the only way that happens is if there's a team that gets the second pick and they are so locked and convinced that Matt Mitchkov is the best Next best player, and they don't care at all about the risk, and they don't need a player right away. That's the only way I could see Adam Fantilli not getting picked in that slot. Um, I think the reason that we 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 project Adam Fantilli favorably and comfortably at number two is because of the risk factors that exist with Mitchkov. It would be a much closer and tighter discussion without that. Um, but I think that the the reason that Adam Fantilli is going to probably go second overall, is the most likely to go second overall. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the ability to produce. But on top of that, he is mean. He plays the game with snarl. He plays physically. He's He does take care of his own end. He still needs to – there's, there's definitely improvement that needs to be done away from the puck. The other benefit is you have options with Adam Fantilli. You can very So, yes, he just won the Hobie Baker. He had one of the best freshman seasons ever in college hockey. Despite that fact, he didn't have one of the best seasons ever in college hockey. He can still do that next year if you want him to. If you're an organization, and let's just say the Blackhawks, for example, Blackhawks are a long way away. Does it make sense to, to force a guy into that situation right away if you don't have to? Buffalo didn't do that with Owen Power. Same situation, and, and Adam Fantilli has followed the almost exact same blueprint as Owen Power, and now you have options. That actually increases, I think that increases a player's value when you know there are other ways that you can use that player. I mean, you could technically put him in the AHL if you wanted to, and maybe a team would want to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's actually a lot of a lot that can be gained from that, especially for a player of, of Fantilli's ca- uh, caliber. But you also have the opportunity to sign a player that I think is very close to NHL-ready. So that's the other benefit. So you, so having those options available to you increases the value. But he checks so many of the boxes of a guy that could be a potential future, you know, a, a number one center uh, because of the speed, the physicality, the, the ability to score. I think the one thing that kind of shifts him, you know, a way, like the, the, the main separating factor between him and Michkov, because he's bigger and he's faster and he's stronger than Mitchkov. But Mitchkov thinks the game at a level that is – like genius kind of in terms of offensive potential. Um, And that's not what Adam, Adam Fantilli does a lot. He's a combination of the skill and power, which I think for a center, a lot of teams want. So that's the other thing is like, he can do a lot of things for your team. He has the versatility and he has the strength to, to, you know, to make an immediate impact. Um, He is going to the world championships with Canada, which I think is going to be very revealing about where he is as a player, in terms of his development, he was okay at the World Juniors. He, had, he finished that tournament very strongly. He got a couple of, of key goals um, late in that tournament, which was great for his confidence. And now he's going to get a chance to do it at the World Championship. So this is a player that has a lot of potential. And I don't think he's close to a finished product. And I, I'm, I'll i be excited to see kind of the next steps he takes in his development. Because, um, again, if you do get a Bedard or a Fantilli or a Mitchkov, you know. Those those are the types of players. Like I think that's a group unto itself with with Bedard in his own stratosphere. But I think you know Mitchkov and Fantilli are in that next group, very tightly wound together. Um, so that's where you kind of have to make those decisions.
0: Well, let's let's move on. That's a nice segue into Mitchkov himself. And uh, you mentioned the hockey sense. Um, what about about his game stands out to you? Uh, and we'll get into the uh, next. We'll talk about the the Russian factor and and what that might mean for him. You know, potentially falling down a little bit.
3: Sure. So let's just break down the player first and foremost. I mean, this is a guy that that everywhere he has ever been, he has scored goals. Um, You know, the first time I got a chance to see him live was at the under eighteen world championship two years ago. So two years ago, he's a double underager, um, and he is scoring twelve goals. Scores twelve goals. uh, Got Russia to the gold medal game. They end up losing to Canada. Connor Bedard scored a major goal in that game, oddly enough. Um, And the the, the amazing thing about watching Mitch Cobb in that tournament was that he was one of the youngest players there yet. He was, he knew where, where everything was. He knew how everything was going to play out before it ever did. And this is why i I continually refer to him as a, as an offensive genius, because I, I do think I've not seen a player that has the net sense, the ability to find the goaltender and, and exploit every angle or the opposing team as much as him. Um, He's played McKHL this year. You know, he got loaned to Sochi, which allowed him to get more ice time, and with more ice time became more confidence, and more confidence came the numbers. So he is a, a, a goal scorer first and foremost with, with high-end goal scoring potential. He is uh, a, a high-end playmaker. He's able to find the right areas, and he can really break things down pretty pretty well. Um, and so I think that that is probably one of the most important factors for, for what he does. It's all starts with his brain. Um, where there is legitimate and and reasonable concern is that he's not a very big guy. He's not super strong yet. And he doesn't have that, that, that explosiveness in his skating that says, you know, is he going to be able to get the space necessary at the NHL level to do what he does? I think he's going to just continue to get there. He still needs to physically develop before he can actually move forward um, in, in terms of you know what he's how he manages to like reach his potential essentially. There's a lot of you know just act, actual um, physical growth that needs to happen. but beyond that, I've been watching him for long enough to, to just feel like this you know if if not for the Russian factor, let's say we put him in the CHL, does he outscore Connor Bedard? It's possible, honestly. I mean, this is a guy that we've seen do it at every other level among his peers, and he's you know he hasn't necessarily lit it up professionally, but he's outscored you know in terms of scoring pace, outscored his age group. So I, I think he's a special player, um, and you know I think that that's kind of where where I'm at. Like if if not for the Russian factor, maybe I have him too, but I I think that. It's not just that, it's also that he has an extended contract, which is another concern going forward.
2: So if you're Kyle Davidson and you get the third overall pick, are you you taking those risks with Mitch or are you going another direction, say, a Leo Carlson? So let's segue into a little Leo Carlson scouting report because I think a lot of people are leaning more towards the more safe pick in Carlson over Mitch at that three spot.
3: If I were him, I would take Mitchkov. Um, Just if it were me. If it were me, I would say, we already know that the pain is coming. It's going to be here for a few years. By the time he's ready to arrive, our team will be better. We'll have some more players that are here. We'll have some of our foundational pieces. We hope that Drew Camesso pans out. We hope that Kevin Korczynski is what we think he can be. We hope Lucas Reichel is, is, you know, reaching closer to his potential. And then all of a sudden, we've got Matt vay Mitchkov. I, I just think that the gap, is, is large enough that I would be willing to take on the risk. Now, the other thing that you have to do in this scenario is that, you know, you have to make sure that you have done all of your due diligence. You know, that, you know, we, we saw the issue with Ivan Fedotov last year, signs a contract with the Philadelphia Flyers, and then is detained and sent to military camp because he had allegedly evaded his military service and obligations we don't know exactly what's going on there. We also have had this, you know, this tragedy for Matt Mitchkov as well. His father dies, you know, under seemingly mysterious, mysterious circumstances. We may never get the full understanding of what actually happened with that. But I mean, this is where, this is only weeks ago. Um, and now Matt Vey is actually back playing with the Russian national team. That's, you know, pay, playing in some, some glorified exhibition games. Um, you know, then. So he's, you know, still continuing on, but, you know, obviously he's now gone through this traumatic experience in his life. So there, these are all factors you have to take into consideration. You have to do all of your homework. You have to have a good relationship with people in, in Russia. You have to make sure that you have, you know, if you have your Russian scouts, you have your, your European scouts, everybody is kind of dialed in on, on what all the circumstances are. But I think from a pure hockey perspective, I think it's an easy pick to pick Mitch because we've, we've, You know, he's out of sight, out of mind because he's been in Russia and we're not really paying attention to Russia. They're not getting into the the world juniors. They're not getting into the under-18s. We're not seeing the player, but he continues to be among the best in this class. You're taking on a ton of risk doing that. So I could totally understand going the safer route and getting big Leo Carlson, who has the potential to play center, who has the size, who has the offensive ability, who has tremendous skill, who has, you know, a high level of hockey sense himself and tremendous confidence that he's built up playing as a professional over the last two seasons. Um, you know, high scoring season for a 19 player in the SHL this year, he was one of Sweden's best players throughout the entire world junior championship, including their most important games. He was always one of their best players scoring big goals, making a lot of plays. So I see a ton of value in Leo Carlson. And I think that, you know, you would leave value on the table potentially if you skipped over Mitchkov for him but you're also getting a player that I think could be a foundational piece of your team. I think I think that there's a there's potential for Connor Bedard and Mitchkov and maybe even Fantilli to be franchise altering players in the way that say Kirill Kaprizov was for the Minnesota Wild or the way that, you know, uh uh drawing a blank already on like, or on the way Jack Hughes was for the New Jersey devils. That's a fran you know, a franchise changing play. Now, Kirill Kaprizov didn't necessarily change the Minnesota wild, not getting out of the first round, but they are a way more exciting team with him on it. So he changed kind of the dynamic and the complexion of their team. That's what I think those players are. I'm less certain about that with Leo Carlson. I think he's a franchise building block as opposed to a franchise changing player. But I do think he's an exceptional hockey player. Um, you know, and, and that, is a guy that I think will make a significant difference in your franchise long term. So that's, you know, you take that into account as well. The one detractor for for Leo Carlson, he's got the size, he's got the skill, he's got the hockey sense. The feet need to come a little bit more. He's not he's not a bad skater, it's just not he's not very quick. And so you need to you want to see a little bit more quickness from him. Uh, as he develops and that's something that you know players can potentially develop over time it's a little bit harder at this stage of their careers but it is something they can improve
0: all right before we get to a couple more picks chris has been super generous with this time we're a little bit behind on our ad reads so we're going to jump in and grab and grab them real quick want to remind everybody to support our sponsor foco you want to get fitted out in his best sports gear around foco is the place to do it They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's spring, and baseball is here. Get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. You look around our set here behind us, we've got tons of merch from FOCO decorating our set. So it's not just clothing. It's collectibles. It's everything, uh, including our Hayden Wisneski Immaculate Inning Bobblehead. Yep, that exists, and it's from FOCO. Check them out. Go to Foco.com or click the link in our description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off your order. That is Foco, F-O-C-O,
1: promo code CHGO. Jay, you mentioned baseball. I did. Baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all of this season's actions. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets right away if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the code CHGO floating above Chris's head there. And uh, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line, and they will get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code CHGO. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY-467-369. In Kansas, call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred on behalf of Boothill Hill Casino and Resort twenty-one plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources.
2: That's a lot. Uh should, <laughs> should we do the uh, pick of the week real quick? Yeah. We'll on okay. right. Yep. All right. I'm gonna I, I'm in charge of the pick of the week this week, so so use this advice at your own risk. But uh <laughs> I'm going big. I'm going. For, I'm going for the. I'm shooting for the moon tonight. Uh, same one of those fun DraftKings same game parlays in tonight's big game two between Florida Panther Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going the under six and a half, a Matthew Kachuk, anytime goal scorer, Ryan O'Reilly anytime goal scorer, parlay those three together for plus nineteen hundred odds. Hey, there you go. Five dollar bet means you're getting a hundred back. Let's do it. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Under 6.5, Matthew Kachuk, Ryan O'Reilly to score, plus 1,900. That is our DraftKings pick of the week. I like that, that one. I like that one a lot. Man. Every time yeah, you I'm get I, excited I, and I say you like that one, it loses.
0: Well, <laughs> that's true. That's why I suck at gambling. Um, real quick, before we move on, we had a question on our show yesterday. Chris, we'll ask you, for the next seven years, you get Austin Matthews or Matthew Kachuk. Who are you taking?
3: Oh, man. Why, <laughs> why, why would you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I would, I, I would take – that is tough. I, I would take Austin Matthews. I, I mean, I think that the, the goal-scoring talent that he has is, is unique. You know, he, he's dealt with injuries. That's probably the one reason why I would be a little leery of it. Um, you know, I love Matthew Kachuk. I, I, he just plays such an of style. I, I do think at some point, you know, that catches up to a player. Um, you know, whether it's through injuries or other things, but I mean, I think he's already shown that he's every bit as good as his dad was and maybe better now. And that was like, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that that necessarily was going to be in the cards for him as a prospect, but certainly had a very high. And the amazing thing was, is that there was a period of time where both of those guys were on the same line at the national team development program with Jack Roslevic. I was like, can you just imagine now having the U S Olympic team? With Austin Matthews and Matthew Kachuk on your top line, It'd be nice. and it makes me really, really mad, like really mad that we won't see that <laughs> anytime soon. I was watching, like, just watching Edmonton too, and saying like McDavid versus Eichel was like this dream matchup that we had years ago, and then you know we're we're never we're probably never going to see it outside of you know NHL arenas. So I don't know. That's my one rant, but I I, I would pick Matthews. I think the goal goal scoring trait that he has is the separating factor. Not that Matthew can't sc- Matthew Kachuk can't score, but Austin Matthews has proven it at an M V P level so far, and that's why I would lean towards Austin Matthews.
0: Poor Brady Kachuk. He's the <laughs> Alex Nylander of the Kachuk family. Oh, uh, that's a low that's, a that's low really
3: bro. low and I I will not stand for that. Though. I will yeah. not stand for that. I'm just not. saying
0: of the three he's the worst. That's all. Yeah. That's he's
3: a also much, much better different than Alex though. Nylander. Hey I'll tell you what though, it took Matthew a few years in the in the league. Don't don't sleep on Brady Kachuk. He's pretty yeah. darn good.
1: All right. Maybe use the Hughes family, not no, the okay, yeah, fine, family. Fine, yeah. <laughs> uh all
0: right. So we've got however you want to shake out the top four. I think we all agree it's Bedard, it's Fantilly, then it's Mishkoff Carlson, right? Interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Now it gets a little more muddy. Uh Will Smith. Uh, Brandon, Braden, Jaeger, Zach Benson. There's a lot of names sort of in that mix. You're Kyle Davidson. You get the fifth pick. Let's assume those four are off the board. Carlson, Mitchkov, Bedard, Fantilli. Where are you going for the Hawks?
3: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of options. I mean, I think that you know the the situation is for them. You can't get it wrong, right? That's no pressure. Can't get this wrong. Um, you know, I think if I'm looking at pure upside, if I'm looking at a player that I think still has a ways to go into their development and that there's a ceiling for him to reach, my 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 early decision is Will Smith. I think that he, you know, he just had a, a record matching performance at the World Under 18 Championship. I would say, with the slight caveat that USA had one of the weakest tournament brackets that they've had, doesn't really matter though because he also had 127 points throughout the season. Austin Matthews had the previous record at 117. He got passed by two players in the same season this year with Gabe pro getting 132 and Will Smith scoring 127 numbers that I never thought we would see ever in that they're all going to Boston college next year. Will Smith, Ryan Leonard and Gabe Perot. And I would actually That's tell you fun. right now, I think of the players like, you know, that you just mentioned, I think the next guy in line isn't, one that you mentioned I would I, at least if, if if I'm thinking in terms of how the Blackhawks could potentially make the pick there's a guy that I think that plays winning hockey and and he has checks a lot of the boxes and that's Ryan Leonard who scored the game-winning goal for USA hockey at the world under 18 championship the men's world under 18 championship he scores in overtime he had 51 goals this season he played on that same line. He was the lowest scoring player, but you can ask a lot of other people, and they say he did some of the most work to make that line as effective as it was because he's physical. He is, he, I mean, he hits. He, he knocks guys off their feet. He has power. He was able to create space to allow Perot and Smith to work, and I think that he's risen up draft boards to such a degree that top five is not out of the question for him. He's, he's probably a better skater than Will Smith. He's also, uh, you know, similar in size, He doesn't have the dynamic puck skills that Will Smith does. He is skilled, very skilled, but Will Smith is at a different level. I think he's one of the most dynamic players in this draft in terms of pure one-on-one potential. He made a ton of moves at the Under-18 World Championship that just – blew my mind in terms of the amount of space that he created for himself and the different options that he gave himself. He's not afraid to go to the middle of the ice. He can get caught doing a little too much. I think that's something that we saw at this tournament. There are times where he forces plays. We saw the same thing with Logan Cooley last year, who went third overall. You know, I think that there's, there's a lot there that, you know, needs to be cleaned up, but the dynamic element that Will Smith brings the hockey sense, the the anticipation, the pure goal scoring and playmaking ability it's really special. And I think that he has separated himself from that pack with how he's played this season.
0: Is there any way he catapults Carlson?
3: Yes, I think there is a, and I think also it's possible. I don't think it's necessarily likely, but it's possible. I think there are definitely teams out there that, that are going to be very high on him. You know, you say what, you know, how, how do we get a player like, like, you know, you look at, different players like Trevor Zegras, you know, how he changes the dynamic of a lineup. Um, you know, I think there are, there are plenty of other players. You know, certainly I don't think Will Smith is at the Jack Hughes level. He doesn't have the speed element that Hughes has. Um, but, you know, that's something that teams are looking for. And, they, and they're, you know, you're, they're also getting less and less concerned about the size factor because so many of these guys have played this very finesse, fast game the way the NHL is going. It's always going to have some rough and tumble to it but you need to have skill and speed above all at this point. Um, and that's why I think, you know, there's, there's potential there. I mean, the thing that'll really disrupt the first round is Mitchkov. We don't know where he's going to go. Like he could go outside of the top four very easily. He could go outside of the top 10 for all we know. It's, it's really, wow. I, I don't think that'll happen. Like I, I, there's, I don't, the way it's setting up, like if, if the Vancouver Canucks are picking, you know, they they have enough guys in the in the next couple of years where they would take that pick. I think St. Louis, same thing. Like you just like we're just gonna take that guy. You know he's the best player available. Um, but it's you know that he's the wild card that sh- makes everything shift. And so you don't know what's going to be there at five. You don't know what's going to be there at four necessarily because anything can happen based on where Michkov goes. And it's also the the way the def- the defensemen in this draft are structured. We don't know exactly how oh, they're going to change the dynamic of the first round too. So there's a lot of things up in the air that can really disrupt the first round.
2: All right, we have a small portion, but still a vocal portion of the fan base that pretty much has said from the get-go, it's counter-Bredard or bust. You don't get counter-Bredard. This whole season was a failure, yada, yada, yada. So just assure us and assure that, not us, <laughs> we know that no matter where they pick, even if it's as low as five, the Blackhawks are drafting not only their top prospect in the pool immediately, but a foundational player. And with all the extra picks, not landing Connor Bedard does not derail this rebuild at all.
3: It, it doesn't derail the rebuild. I think it definitely, especially since, you know, we've got another year coming up in 2024 where we don't have a Connor Bedard, but we have a Macklin Celebrini. <laughs> so. Be bad next year, too, and you've got a chance to land a guy that would be that cornerstone player. Um, I do think that the, the the range that they would be picking in in this draft, there is, gonna, there is the potential to draft a foundational building block piece for your franchise, um, I think it, it, more so than there was last year. And so, you know, obviously you, you come away with three first-round picks, you feel like you've got, you know, some good forward-looking picks there, guys that have upside but you're going to have to be waiting for a little bit on. Um, you know, this year, if you get a Fantilli, if you get a Carlson, if you get a Mitchkov, if you get even, you know, Will Smith or Ryan Leonard, those are guys that you feel like, yes, that's going to be our number one prospect. That's the guy that we're going to be able to build ourselves around. Um, you know, that's the guy that becomes the new centerpiece. Um, and so that's a good place to be. It's a better place than they would. We're, were starting from Connor Bedard is the shortcut. Basically that's what he amounts to. He is the, he is the quickest route to competitiveness. You know, you look at the years, you know, if you get a Sidney Crosby, you know, Edmonton is finding it still takes time. Even, even if you get two of the best players ever to play the game, it can take a long time. It just goes to show you that even if you get that best player, if you, if you put all your stock into that and you get that best player, nothing is guaranteed. And you have to continue to build around that player consciously. It, hockey among all of the sports out there it is so important to have more of everything we just watched the colorado avalanche who won the stanley cup last year look way too top heavy in a first round series they only got production from a a handful of players you cannot win like that so what i would say is if you don't get you know connor bedard is the guy who just makes everything a little bit easier because he's that good but he's not the only thing that you, you know, you can't hang your hat on just having that player. So I think the Blackhawks, perhaps more than any other team kind of around them, you know, not not, not Columbus, not Anaheim, you know, they're, they're, they're the one that has the most growth in, or the most work to do ahead of them, I think. Um, and that is where they're supposed to be at this point. They've kind of gotten to the studs down rebuild. They started it last year. More, I mean, it's kind of been in progress loosely for the last few years, but now the Cain and Taves era is officially over. It's start overtime. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, you hope you can find a shortcut, but I mean, I think it's going to be very difficult to, uh, you know, there's there's still more pain ahead. You got to prepare for that. Um, if you don't get Bedard this year, maybe you get a chance to get a top pick next year. There's a really good group at the top four or five picks next year, um, but it's just not Connor Bedard.
0: All right, before I let you go Chris, uh we are now what 11 months removed from the 2022 draft where the Hawks selected uh, Kevin Korchinski and Frank Nazar. Uh, with a year of extra analysis, how do you feel about that draft class and where do you see those guys uh, projecting in their careers?
3: Yeah, well, I think I think if you're looking, you know, at Kevin Korchinski, you're saying, "Okay, well, he is he has taken a step. He took a step this year. Um I still think he's not, you know, maybe he's part of the plans for next year. I Personally, don't think he should be. Um, I think it's still time for him to to develop to be a dominant player. He's in a great situation right now in junior hockey, and that has allowed him to flourish and produce. Um, you know, but we saw it the World Junior Championship for Team Canada. They didn't use him in a big role. Next year, they will use him in a big role. Um, there's development time ahead of him. So that's, but that pick looks good right now. It looks really good. I think that that's a guy that could be one of the top defensemen from the class when all is said and done. I still really like David Juracek and Simon Nemich, Um, but Kevin Korczynski is right in that mix of being, you know, potentially one of the best defensemen to come out of that draft. Then you got Frank Nazar, unfortunate injury this year. He had he yeah. had to start from scratch when he came back from injury. He wasn't he wasn't the same player yet, and that's because he kind of got he got back. He you know. Was able to score pretty early. He was getting the hands going. The feet still need to get going a little bit because that's his quickness was such a weapon. And I, as I watched him throughout the year after he returned, I was like, "There's still work to be done there." Um, so he's just going to have to, you know, get healthy, get rested, and then build strength. And I think he'll be fine. I, I have no concerns about him. Um, and then Sam Renzel had a pretty good season. I think that he's the longest term project of the three guys that they drafted in the first round. And Renzel um, had a good season with Waterloo. It wasn't an amazing season. It wasn't an earth shattering season. It wasn't the kind of season that you hope a first round draft pick gets. If you, But I say that with the caveat that the Blackhawks were well, well aware that Sam Renzel was going to be a long term project. Like, we're talking, he's going, he got the extra year of junior, he's probably playing three years at Minnesota minimum, and then you make a decision from there. And that's, you know, of course, that three-year window, that's also when we get into that free agent timeline. But I think, you know, you have, to, you have to give him time to breathe, and the Blackhawks obviously believed in the upside there, and we're still, he's only just kind of starting to scratch the surface of, of what he can do. Um, i like the tools there but i think overall that's still a pretty solid haul and then you got more picks and and at this point the blackhawks have to be in the position of acquiring and compiling that's all this next little bit is going to be acquiring compiling draft picks that gives you options i think that's what they did last year it's what they'll continue to do this year it may be a few years of doing that depending on how these drafts go but you know that's Unfortunately, it's it's hard to be patient in that situation, but that's where they are, and they have, like I said, I think they have the furthest to go of maybe any team in the league right now.
1: It certainly feels that way. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Sorry to be a, I mean, I had the Italian beef. I should be in much better mood, but what are you? No, think? It's, it's, you're not telling us anything we don't know. No, but it's, it's <laughs> but I
0: think it's it's good to point that out, and I think the the McDavid sidle thing is, is is really worthwhile because and even Austin Matthews is the first time getting right. past the first round himself. Like it's right. not just one dude. And of course you'd rather have those guys than not. But when you look at the cup winners, they're not built on the backs of one player. You look at Colorado last year. Yeah. They had Nathan McKinnon, but they also had Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr and on and on and on. And that's what those Hawks teams did. They had four lines that would kick your ass for 60 minutes. Right. And, you know, and, Sure, it's great to have Patrick Kane there too, but it wasn't just Patrick Kane getting it done, right? So right. I, the perspective is good; it's needed. I think people need to hear from people other than us. Uh, <laughs> so we appreciate your time. Uh, you've been super generous, man. The, the, this hour flew by, uh, so thank you so much for doing it. And uh, I yeah. know your life is about to get very, very busy. So,
3: oh yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Load it's up on it. beefs, yeah. Prospects my Prospects never sleep prospects never sleep and i need to do prospect writers so then
2: the next time you're in town and you got you know some time swing into the studio and we'll we'll provide you with a real chicago italian beef we will shower you uh, with beef my friend
3: i yeah that is the easiest sell job ever i'm in all you can eat i yeah i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna have an unscheduled visit at my parents house on the south side like tomorrow so uh, be ready. Be ready.
0: We'll be here. we, we all got right, a beef guy on call. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Guy. We appreciate you, man. See you, guys. Take care. Thanks Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right. That's Chris Peters from Flow Hockey. Follow him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. Good stuff. I mean, it's absolutely. It, I mean, look, it's very clear. He said it. Uh, Connor Bedard is the shortcut. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it's true. And we all know that. And it's and we all hope it happens. But. He, he takes if you a, listen to that with an open mind, there's no way you can leave feeling bad, even if the Hawks pick fifth.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know the quote-unquote nightmare scenario, you're still getting someone who is going to be instantly the, the highest-rated prospect that you have in your system and, and a player that is, is, is part of the rebuild. And I think Will Smith uh, is, is, is a great choice. I think Ryan Leonard, the way That's that he's played— the the more i've the more i've watched him the more i've read about him and the more i've kind of heard kind of what chris was saying the more i've heard about that kind of aspect to him the more i'm like you know what if they're at 5 and what Kyle Davidson wants to do and how Luke Richardson coaches and what they want to accomplish the more it sounds like Ryan Leonard is the perfect fit for for what they want to do so it'll be interesting to see if they land at that 5 spot cuz that really feels like the spot where the draft opens up
2: yeah um I think the draft opens up definitely by five, but especially after Mitch Koff finally gets taken. that's gonna Yeah, be like if big, he drops. I mean, if the Hawks take him at three, or who's ever at three take him, then things fall in line. Yeah, but yeah after the top two, that's when things are going to get very, very interesting. But as Chris says, Conor Berdard will take a year off the, with the rebound. Oh, yeah. yeah. But as he said you got to have a complete team. We saw that for three Stanley Cup runs, a complete team. So even if they, God forbid, pick as low as fifth because nobody picked fifth overall in the NHL draft has ever amounted to crap in the league. Never. There's no fifth overall picks in the Hall of Fame. None none, none have their name on the Stanley Cup. But you have so many extra picks this year in the first and second round and in next year's first and second round. You have all these extra picks – and that's why you can't say it was counter, or bust for the Blackhawks this year. Yes, they want him. Yes, that was the goal. But that wasn't, they weren't putting all their eggs in his baskets where if you don't get him now, you've got one pick you're relying on. The they're, 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 they're getting as many scratch-off lottery tickets as possible. They that's o- the way to do it.
1: They own 10% of the picks in the top 60.
2: In one of the deepest drafts yeah. in recent history.
0: That's, that's not bad. That's how you do it. I got an email from another uh, betting resource uh, the other day, so I'm not going to give him any credit, but I'll, I'm going to read the thing. So NHL draft value per slot ranked by All-Stars picked in that slot. So the number one overall pick, 19 uh, All-Stars are picked there. That's 82%. 82.6% are All-Stars. Number two is second overall pick, 14 All-Stars, 60.9%. Number three is the seventh overall pick. Nine All Star appearances, thirty nine percent. Number four is third overall, and tied for fifth is fourth, fifth, and ninth. So it's not again. It's like it's not just this very easy. That's from two thousand to two thousand twenty two. By the way, um, okay. it just is nothing is assured. But is assured. That is a sure thing. Connor Bedard yeah. is a sure thing. Yeah. Fantilli seems like a sure thing. Mitchkov if he comes here is a sure thing. But look, they picked Kirby Doc at three, and he's on another team. You know.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's every every so pick Cam is at three. every yeah. pick is a roll of the dice. Wake Cup champion, Cam Burger. <laughs> it's true, uh, but yeah, I I I think, I think there's a lot of more solidified, more uh, assurance that like whoever goes one through five, even fourth or fifth, you're getting you're getting a player that, by all accounts. And given given the emphasis that the Blackhawks have put into their development system, now a, a different focus into it, uh, and more resources into it, I think you're going to find somebody who is at the very least going to be a very good NHL contributor. And look, that's if, if it's not Bedard, and that's the baseline of the player that you're getting, that's that's fine. That's that's still a, yeah. a net positive.
2: Yeah, I think. The 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 Kyle Davidson rebuild is off to a really good start. All those extra picks last year, seeing some of that first year, you know, there's a lot of excitement about Korczynski, and yep. you know, Nazar will get more excitement this year when he starts the year healthy. You know, some of those later picks, your Ryan Greens, you know, mm-hmm. Samuel Savoy, those guys, you're excited about that. This year, they're going to build upon that. Obviously, it's going to take years before we could say. The rebuild was a success or a failure, but the plan that is in motion is a sound one. And it in my opinion, as I've said many times, it's the only one you could really, it's the only road you could go at this point. Right. If you really want to open yourself up another long championship window that we enjoyed, you know, a decade plus ago. This is the only way to do it. So we'll see if it pans out. It's off to a good start. And think the maker We'll finally know where the Hawks pick in just a couple of days.
0: Seriously. Like I just
2: I don't care anymore where they pick. Just tell me where it is <laughs> and let's move on. Let's move on? Sounds good to me.
0: Yes. We're going to wrap things up, but first we got to tell you how to protect your eyeballs from this blazing sunshine.
2: Yeah, today is the absolute perfect day to put on a pair of shady rays. Oh, yeah. Uh I was out enjoying a nice 5-mile walk this morning Ooh, hey. with a thermos of coffee and my shady rays and my earbuds. It was a great great way to kill an hour today and i use my shady rays to take on the sun because shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with their premium polarized shades at a very affordable price shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good but i say even better than any expensive pair we've ever worn shady rays is way too humble but I will, I will boost them up for them. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for those outdoor adventures, and that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of Iowa. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even right out of the box on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence, because they have your back long after you purchase. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through the Shady Rays Impact Program. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community, and others like it for now and years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange for a brand new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And speaking of having your back, uh, CHGO listeners are getting this exclusive deal, Shady Rays' best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you will get 50% off two pairs or more of sunglasses. So try for yourself. The shades rated 5 stars by over 250,000 people. That is saving money. And if you
0: want to save money, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve by helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future.
1: Yeah, ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd customers uh, also, I'm sorry, ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial uh, kitchen equipment, or industrial processes.
0: Tell our listeners and viewers how that works.
1: I will now that I've cleared my throat. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately 2 hours. Within 3 to 4 weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy or monergy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz, B-I-Z. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? Were you not listening? Yes, that is what I said. All right. Schedule your appointment today, Jay. I'm gonna right now, but I gotta do a show first.
2: Stop fighting.
1: <laughs> um, a little bit of uh, news here. Oh, I, I know we we got to shoe off the set, but uh, Ice Hogs eliminated last night, swept by the uh, the Texas Stars. Lucas Reichel was essentially invisible the entire uh, playoff series and playoff stretch for the for the Ice Hogs. It took the final 16 seconds of the game last night before he got on the score sheet. News coming out of Germany, he will not play for the uh, German side for the double World Championships, reportedly because of an injury he suffered in Game 2 against Iowa. Uh, so okay. that is interesting news uh, coming across the, uh, the ocean from Germany there. I just saw it. Um, so that is uh, maybe a reason why he was pretty much a ghost in the Calder Cup playoffs. But uh, hopefully it's not something serious. And uh, he can take the off season and, and get healthy for next uh, next summer or let's, next fall.
0: Let's spend a little time on tomorrow's show talking about that too. You guys about can do the that. Lucas Reichel factor and uh, his performance in the AHL playoffs, because uh, I think it's something that deserves some attention. Yep. We're right. back tomorrow at two, and then it'll be Monday at seven PM for our dra- draft draft <laughs> our draft lottery show. So don't miss that. Join us then. One final reminder: we are presented. By DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 p.m. on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.